it can be kind of disheartening for a lot of young black kids that get into stuff for their community not to support them. And you know, when when they can see it in their face and it's like boom, and then like a name like Negro Terror, you can't ignore. You know, and that was Omar's whole thing. He was like, you know, this is gonna be in your face. Welcome to the Shellcats, a show about music, culture, and Memphis. As we live into our mission of building community through music, education, and diversity, we look forward to interviewing artists and musicians and hearing about how they are writing their own stories, and building their own communities. 85 years strong, and with a rich history, the Levitt Shell has stood the test of time as a beacon of hope in the heart of Memphis. podcast is brought to you by Orion Federal Credit Union, where a big part of us is being a big part of the community. Visit orionfcu.com to see how Orion is redefining banking. Welcome to the Showcast. This is episode five, and for today's episode, I spoke with Rico the Acronym, Creative Extraordinaire. We spoke about his solo work, the impact of Negro Terror, and what it's been like as a creative during COVID. Now, here's our conversation with Rico. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's actually start there. Uh, how would you say you've you've adjusted as an artist and musician during life? life during COVID. I, I'm not going to lie. Like most people, you would, oh, you know, it's been, it's been, hard. it's been great. All right. Let me let you know. It's been, uh, I've been digging it and maybe it's cause I'm weird. I don't know what it is, but, uh, I've had, a, I've had a lot of time to just, you know, kind of sit down, really chill out just, you know, as a person, but I guess as an artist, it's definitely given me more time to write more time to not worry about performing as much. Cause like a lot of people, like let's say you know you write a really good song right. and the song is taken really well then like the next thing you're worried about is all right i need to find somewhere to perform this song and i need to get this many songs so i can have a set and da, da, da. and like with covid and everything i'm not even worried about trying to perform because exactly. i mean in all honesty i'm i'm still treating it like like the first couple of months like i stay in the crib like i i quit my job i got a i got an unemployment i'm still in unemployment like it's, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, right. they, they had the money out there for us. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I'm going to take this risk of staying at the crib and maybe not being able to get my job back mm-hmm. rather than take the risk of, you know, oh, now I'm messed around and got sick sick. And now, and on, on top of that, I'm an artist. Yeah. And so, you know, respiratory got a lot to do with that. <laughs> you know, your respiratory system. Very true. If you can't get Very up there true. and do a show good, you know, if you if you stopping every five minutes because you can't breathe, you can't give a good show. Now, you know, that takes away a part of and, and of course that's only the people that are worried about performing. Like other people that, you know, they just do studio stuff and everything, they're right. they're fine. But like if your main thing is you're supposed to be singing or something or you're supposed to be on a stage, you know, wilding or whatever, this ain't the thing to mess with right now. You know, it's just like the flu or anything else except for, you know, worse much worse <laughs> not gonna yeah. equate it to the flu at all like that is definitely much worse but um and watch somebody take just that part out and be like look what he said <laughs> no. yeah but i've been i've been digging it though it's given me a lot of time it's given me time to rebrand too 
that, that's been the biggest mm. fun is time to really step back for a second and go, okay, who do you want to be as an artist for like the next five, 10 years versus who you've been as an artist for the last five, 10 years. And let's figure out if there's some stuff we need to mesh together. If there's some stuff needs to get dismissed, if there's some stuff need to get added on stuff like that. And so yet again, without the worry of having to be seen in public or having to be consistently like, me as an artist, I, I've been, as far as my solo stuff, I've been on off for a long time, which is my fault. You know, it's, it's just times I was yeah. going through and stuff like that. Only consistent thing I could say that, that, that garners any attention from me would be Negro Terror, you know, and, and that's always a fun right. thing for uh, to get emails about and stuff like that. We still get them. We still get, you know, messages on the Facebook page and everything. But uh, as, a, as a solo artist, this has been really fun getting back to what I like to do, which I like all music, you know, like don't, don't get it misconstrued. Like <laughs> I didn't like being a Negro terror. I don't like punk music. I love punk music, but I'm also, I'll just say it. I'm, you know, COVID made a lot of people real lonely, you know what I'm saying? And so it got real thirsty real quick. And True. you know, when you're an artist, music <laughs> reflects life you know what i'm saying so next thing you know i'm writing love songs and i'm like all right cool let's see what works out with this because because I, I i used to love singing r&b when i was a kid like that was always my my thing and then i got older and got angry and got into all the Man. angry music where you're screaming and rapping rapping tough on them and like i hadn't been soft in so long and i was like let me see if this works because the other stuff kind of worked but let me see. Let me let me see. And I've got a really good response from it. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, I mean, your your resume it's it's pretty diverse. And I know there's been quite a few tracks. And I, I believe he's a frequent collaborator, Ryan Peel. Oh yeah. Talk about that that push into kind of more of a electronic R and B, but obviously he still yeah. has hip hop hip-hop influences, but a push into that sound. Well, the, the funny part is, I've never not done it. It's just, like I said before, as a solo artist, I was very spotty with, with my release, which, you know, if you're an artist listening, uh, that's the worst thing you can do. The absolute worst thing you can do is be talented <laughs> and not be on top of your shit. Like, I, I just wasn't on top of my shit for a long time. So a lot of stuff that may have gotten more attention hasn't or, or won't because, you know, either it's being left behind because I'm doing the rebranding or it's, you know, something that just, I did it already, cool, what's next? But, you know, I've known Ryan since college. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, me and Ryan known each other for a while. And I've always respected that. Beep. The first time I saw him, he was, like, murdering this version of Superstitions by uh, Stevie Wonder at this frat house. I mean, he was going oh, wow. off. Like, my homeboy was DJing next, and so I was helping my homeboy get his DJ stuff in, but I look up on this rickety stage, and man, this white boy is getting down. I'm just like, yeah, he just, mm, 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 mm. and he's playing drums while doing it too. So I'm already like super impressed. I'm like, this man's hitting all the notes right, playing these drums. Like he wasn't up up there like being Mister. I'm in the front singing dude. Like he was playing drums, and so I'm already like, whoa, that's what's Yeah, and so um, a couple of years ago, our, our friend from Japan, Hidetaka came through his, his uh, snazzy line is his, 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 his artist name and he came i saw that i saw the video yeah yeah <laughs> so he came through i think nashville first because he, he knew a, a mutual friend of me and ryan's uh ping who is a great artist and guitarist himself so i guess he hit up ping and was looking for people to work with 
and do stuff with. And from what Ping tells me, he was he said he was looking for like a rapper or something. And Ping was like, "Yo, you need to go down to Memphis and mess with Ryan Peel and some of his people and my boy Rico." You know, so and and that's how that kind of first kind of right. drove in. And then well, Ryan does a lot of his studio stuff is like right up the street from my house. So after a while, like we just started. He just started calling okay. me whenever he would be up there, especially, you know, with the COVID stuff now. Like, what am I doing all day? Absolutely nothing. Like, I'm writing music and playing video games and and, and <laughs> trying to figure out how to sell, you know, whatever I can to stay afloat because, you know, I can only trust the government money so much. And, uh, and yeah, so we just ended up doing a lot of writing sessions together. True. And... We, I mean, we've we've written a lot of stuff. Like all the stuff we've written that isn't even released yet. Like it's it's a lot of stuff we have, and some stuff you you might not hear oh, wow. from one or two of us. Like you might look up one day and go, "Hey, is that is that them on a on a commercial?" You know, you never know. But just the you know, we, once we, yeah, we just kind of clicked, and he liked, I guess, the way I work, and I liked his the way he produces. Like he he brings stuff out of people. So, like, you may think you got a good idea, and it'll be a good idea. And then he'll come behind it and go, well, what if you added this? And I'm like, why did not think of that? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we do the project for Hide, and we get to work in, and, and, and there you go. It just, it just happened like that. And luckily, I, I do a little bit of, of small amount of beat making myself, so. I, I would just send him like ideas that I already had awesome. and he would just take them and make them like way, way better. You know what I mean? Or like stuff I got from a homie of mine, like he'll take That's it. Awesome. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I can, I can tell you right now, whenever you hear guitar on a track. Sounds like you all, a dynamic duo. Oh yeah. All the guys. Man, I mean, like I said, he just brings good out of artists. Like he works with, um, he works with do Webstar. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's just good music. It's just good music at the end of the day. Right. Especially when I stopped worrying about uh, the flip. When you do one genre for so long, you kind of get stuck in it, and it kind of mm-hmm. becomes your identity a little bit. But luckily, that didn't happen for me, and so that was that was cool that people were able to see me in so many different lights. So like when I dropped this stuff, nobody was surprised. Like they, like some people were surprised, yeah, because like I had right. never done it before. But nobody was sitting there like, you know, no one sat there like, where did this come from? They're like, oh, so you can do this too. And it's yeah, kind of a nice feeling. Not gonna lie, <laughs> it was just an addition, yeah. not not so much like mm, why. And of course, it comes from just you know hanging around. I dig it. Different folks playing different kind of musics and and opportunities to make money. That's usually the the biggest influence for me to learn some beep. <laughs> I hate to be like that. It sounds horrible. But if you throw some money in my face, I'm going to learn something. I guarantee you that I'll learn Spanish tomorrow. It's usually the biggest motivator. Until you throw me some dough for it. I'm practicing all day, every day. And and, and on top of that, thank you, DJ Truck, for that. For my one of my first opportunities to make money playing uh, music that wasn't mine. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I know you said that you all are sitting on quite a bit of music that you, you've written and worked on together. And I know you're trying to be more consistent with your releases. So is there plans for 2021 
to to get a, a project or more singles? Absolutely. Well, we got uh, we got one more we got one more single definitely coming uh, called "Appreciate You." Yet again, uh, it's been a thirsty summer, uh, so it's it's another song for the ladies, you know. And we're, and we're working on a video for that, but obviously, you know, weather and and you know different conditions, you know, kind of putting that putting that to yeah. the side. But it's coming though. That I can definitely say. Just you know, all awesome. times, and, and I'm doing work with other people too. I'm working with you know drummer from Negro Terror, my big homie Raib. We're working on stuff. Awesome. This, this kid out of he's from Memphis, but he lives in Nashville now. I forgot what he wants to go by now because he's he's my nephew, so I've known him his entire. You know, I've known him as his name, and I got to figure out. Let me look at my phone. What he wants to be called nowadays? Because it's been so many different. <laughs> screw it. I'm just gonna say it. Tyler Miller. He knows who the hell he is. But yeah, he, he's what? he's a, he's probably one of one of the best hip hop engineers in Nashville, from what I understand, from, from what I'm hearing from people. So he's killing his stuff. That's awesome. My friend Ping, you know, that's my best friend, Ping D Rose. We're gonna be working on some stuff, and it, it, you know, there's there's no telling, except there's definitely stuff coming. That's all I can say. I can't say when. I can't say what, but it definitely. I, well, I can't say what. It's music and content, obviously. Uh, but I can definitely. I can't say when, but it will be all over the year. Boy. It will be sporadic. It will be great, and hopefully, either I surprise somebody every time, or everyone just digs it, and it's just some. All right, cool. Yeah, that's all I'm going for. I don't, I just want people to dig it. That's it. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm sure they will. Cause I mean, you've yet to disappoint. So no, that's super exciting. <laughs> Want to learn more about how you can support the Let It Shell and its mission of building community through music, education, and diversity? Head to levitshell.org. You can read up on our 85-year history, check out our schedule of live and virtual events, visit our shell shop to grab all the swag, and find out ways you can participate in our mission, whether that's through donations, volunteering, sponsoring a show, or becoming a member of our shell circle. Once again, levitshell.org. But you, you mentioned Negro Terror, and I definitely want to talk about, you know, kind of the response from the documentary and see what, like, what was that response and how was that response continued? I know you mentioned, you know, you, you all still get messages and things. What what has that response been like since the documentary released? I mean, people, every time they see it, you know, they, of course, most of the people looking for or finding out about the documentary are, are like super uh, punk folks, you know. Uh, skinheads, things of that nature. The good kind, not the bad kind, because there are good kinds. If you need me to explain that later, I will. But uh, yeah. all good, all positive. You know, all positive. Of course, it's 99% positive because it's always the 1%. And you got to love, you got to love idiots, man, because they some sometimes they just come up with really <laughs> funny jokes. And like, they're not all funny. They're not all funny. But there was one that... Omar even before he passed laughed his ass off at. What did they they called wow. him Black Thanos because of one of the pictures. They called him Black Thanos. <laughs> oh I, my I, I showed it to him. I thought he was gonna be mad. I was like, man, look, man, these folks are wild. And I showed it to him. That man cracked the Beep. up. So like, even the negative stuff is funny <laughs> to us. Like, and it's it's not a lot. And it's usually somebody. It's either a gatekeeping punk musician that didn't make it mm. or it's um some racist Beep. asshole you know that just wants to say something stupid but overall people you know enjoy it i, I mean shoot 
people have, have hollered at us and been like, you know, this is why I got into this or that. This is why I picked up this or that, you uh-huh. know, which was really the, the point. You know, that was definitely the goal with that whole thing was just to make sure black kids knew they could do whatever they, they wanted to. There was no traditionally white space. There is no traditionally white space. You know what I mean? It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about, because yeah. I love when people talk about traditionally white, traditionally black spaces. And I'm like, why? Yes, there are traditionally white and traditionally black spaces, but I think we've got a list of, of shit that's that's just not true. You know what I mean? Like true. the idea, and, and I can say this now, and I, I, you know, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't. I, <laughs> I might say that for later, but um, <laughs> it, it is, it, it's, it's, it can be kind of disheartening for a lot of young black kids that get into stuff for their community not to support them, and you know when when they can see it in their face and it's like boom and then like a name like negro terror you can't ignore you know and that was omar's whole thing he was like you know this is gonna be in your face this is in your face the the logo is supposed to be in your face like everything nothing was said silently you know what i said nothing was whispered and Mm -hmm. that was the point yeah And, and it felt good to know that you know black latino whoever kids inside the city and outside the city saw that and was and saw a representation of themselves and was like i can do that too because that's that personally that's what happened for me why i even got into rock music i my my uncle gave me a rage against the machine cd and told me that the lead singer and the uh (laughs) guitarist was biracial and i was like oh shit i'm biracial we all do this because to me because to me biracial (laughs) was just black with some white in it, like, which is exactly what it is. But I never looked at it as like a whole like different thing. You know how people do now? It was like mixed black. You know, this, the, they got all these little bullshit terms for it. I was just like, I'm biracial, but I look black, so I'm black, right? And I'm looking at these dudes on stage. I'm looking at Zach Villarroca. Well, he looks like he could be my cousin. All right, I'm looking at Tom Morello. He looks really like he could be my cousin. Okay, I think <laughs> we can do that. And on top of that, they're saying this revolutionary stuff on a record that is being distributed by Warner Brothers. You know what I mean? Like that's big stuff. When he went, that's that's the kind of tear jerking stuff. That, that's why people was at the movies crying at Black Panther at the end. You know what I'm saying? That that's why people did yeah. that kind of stuff because you saw that. Kind, and when I saw that so young, I was like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Doctor, lawyer, whatever. No, don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I want to do that right there because that's way more. I mean, you can look at how powerful. That's music cool. is just by how many upset right wing people were when they discovered that Rage Against the Machine was a pretty much communist band, <laughs> like socialist communist band. They were like mad about it. They were upset. <laughs> and we were laughing the whole time because we heard the songs. Those of us that know, you know, those of us that know our history or those of us that know any kind of history, we listened to the songs and heard that stuff and was like, oh, Okay, 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 yeah. I guess they heard it and it sounded nice and angry. Oh, early 2000s was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Oh, late 90s, early 2000s, but yeah. Very true. But no, you all, the Negro Terror legacy and impact continues to live on. I feel like will continue to be felt. And like you said, it's it's powerful and, and inspirational. And, and that's all we wanted. You know, that's, that's all Omar wanted, really. Omar, you know, Omar wasn't a big, you know, fame and fortune kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't the less, you know, 
he, he didn't want to do the Super Bowl halftime show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, he, he just wanted to get that <laughs> message out. And I think he definitely has, you know, especially with, with the documentary left behind and the music that is out, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's our, I mean, people have already told us that it's impacted their, their lives, like in our face, over emails, Facebook messages. So I, I think that it's one of those things that's just never going to go anywhere. And it's always going to be a positive thing. It'll be, it'll be one of those sure. things that I guess like, I don't know, just one of those things you can't mess with. And, and, it feels good to have been a part of that. For sure. Oh, man. That's all I have in terms of our, our conversation. But I do want to let the listeners know uh, where they can find you online. So if you wouldn't mind dropping or saying your your social handles. Right, right. You can follow me uh, everywhere at RICO, the acronym. That's acronym with an A. Uh, no, no, excuse me. Uh, the with an A. Acronym with a K. So, yeah, RICO, the acronym. Uh, you can listen to my music on Spotify, iTunes, all your major streaming services. Working on the website, RicoTheAcronym.com, coming soon. And uh, like I said, that, that that's a new single. Appreciate nice. you. That's definitely coming, I want to say, before some. Got to make sure everything's nice and tight. So awesome. it's going to it's gonna be awesome, though. I can tell you that. It's going to be fun. And it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be one of those songs that if anyone listens to this podcast sure. and then listens to the song afterwards, they're going to laugh really hard. I really believe it. <laughs> Because it's a ridiculously thirsty song. Like, it's stupid thirsty. It's awesome. I'm going to get made fun of, and I don't care. <laughs> I think more people will appreciate than you know. Oh, yeah, but, like, when I was writing it, like, when we got done, I was like, oh, my God. Like, he sent me the final mix, and I was like, oh, I am finna get rocks for this. It's over. But that's all right, though. That's all right. That's been me for a long time. I do stuff that people make fun of. And it's all right because they laugh with me and not at me. And that's the cool part. There you go. Well, hopefully we'll be able to catch you live in the near future. Sooner than later, I hope, man. I, I'm, I'm missing that stage. And, and there's a lot of, ah, so much stuff I went through. So, yeah, it, it's. <laughs> that's episode five of the Showcast. Thanks again to Rico the Acronym. Make sure you subscribe to hear all of our episodes. To keep our tradition of passing around the tip bucket, which started in 1936, please feel free to drop a small gift at levittshell.org slash virtual bucket to support the Levitt Shell. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Shellcast. <laughs>